Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. So I've gotten some really, really ugly DMs. Yeah? Oh, yeah, but things like... Man, somebody somewhere else who's less unfortunate could sure use that truck, and you just blew it up. I'm like, whoa, tap the brakes here. Like, we did not blow the truck up. Okay, good. I drove it here today. (laughs) Hey, everybody. We are Lady Lady A. A. I'm Dirk Spentley. I'm Carrie Underwood. And I'm Dylan Scott. My episode of Country Heat Weekly starts now. Hello from Nashville. I'm Kelly Sutton, podcasting as we do each week from the Amazon house on Music Row. And I'm Amber Anderson. This is the destination for country music fans. We take you behind the scenes of all things country. And not just in Nashville either. We travel when necessary. Like last weekend, you were at Windy City Smokeout in Chicago. And from what I saw on social media, you were having the time of your life and possibly doing a little bit of work. That's right. (laughs) I'm going to write that trip off on my taxes. (laughs) I love that festival. My friend and I already had tickets. It's something we do. We try to do every summer. But now that we have a podcast, I brought a microphone along with me and caught up with some of our friends in between sets. I think that's perfect. I'm so (laughs) glad you had your mic. So let's talk about the performances, first of all, because the lineup was crazy. Mm -hmm. We had Lily Rose, Mackenzie Porter, Jordan Davis, and Sam Hunt, right? Yes. I mean, do I need to ask who your favorite was? I think we all know. I mean, I love them all. And our girl, Lily Rose, totally killed it. I have been waiting to see her at a live show, and she did not disappoint. But I've seen Jordan Davis, I don't know how many times at this point, and I will say it was the best I've ever seen him. Really? I mean, the energy in that place was electric. It was a party. There were beach balls being flown around. He's singing good beer. He hands me a beer off of the stage. Uh Uh-oh. And everybody's like, ah! Everybody starts screaming. Everybody's telling me to drink it. People are telling me not to drink it. Like, it was a whole (laughs) big thing. Did you drink it? I did take a sip. Then Jordan came and asked for it back. And I was like, I drank out of it. (laughs) It was like this whole big thing. I just, I totally gave into the peer pressure. It was like super confusing to me in the moment because I don't (laughs) like being the center of attention and everyone was looking at me. But we literally had the time of our lives. We sang our hearts out. Sam just came out as the headliner and absolutely crushed it. It was such a good time. Okay, so you had your microphone. You went backstage. Who did you get to interview? Well, Sam Hunt was headlining. He wasn't doing media, which wasn't a surprise. So I did talk to Jordan, Lily, and Mackenzie. 
In fact, we have a special edition of Burning Questions at the end of the pod. Oh! So, really excited about that. But I also talked to them about the festival experience. Not just this one, but in general. They all have been playing festivals. Mm -hmm. Because when you think about it, an artist can play a handful of festivals and see dozens of different artists. Right. No two lineups are alike. So, I wanted to know what the festival experience was like in terms of networking and relationship building. Well, according to Lily Rose, it's really important. Dude, that's like one of my favorite questions I've ever gotten. I think that's one of the coolest parts about festival season is that it's not a tour. There are benefits of being on a tour, especially as a young artist like me, because you can seek mentorship and consistency with looking up to somebody and it's lather, rinse, repeat with your crew. But with festivals, there's always curveballs, but there's always a new artist that you're around every single time. And I'm so grateful. Like we just played Watershed last week and I feel like the new kids sometimes, and you have people like Kane Brown that are like, yo, Lily, you coming on stage with me tonight? And I'm just asking myself how I got here, but so grateful that people are willing to help the next one in line and just getting to spend that time with those artists that you've looked up to for so long. I hope I can do that for somebody down the road. And what was really interesting is that I got a completely different answer from Jordan Davis, but he's a bit farther down the career path than Lily is at this point. I think more more so it's like old friendships or friends that you haven't seen in a minute. You kind of rekindle with them. Like This is the first time I've seen Sam in I don't know how long. And then we did Faster Horses with Jake Owen. Jake took me out on tour you know, a couple years ago. And then you get busy and you just kind of lose contact or it just makes it tough. And then when you see him, you're like, oh, God, we got to hang out. Yeah. So, like, ever since I saw Jake at Faster Horses, we've been in contact about getting together and playing golf. So I think it's more you just kind of, you know, reconnect. The real question, did you gator chomp Jordan like you did when he came in our <laughs> pod? No, but we had a fascinating conversation about NBA basketball, which I won't bore you with, Kelly. But for the sports fans listening, the festival is actually held in the parking lot of the United Center, where the Bulls play. It's the house that Michael Jordan built. Mm. So there was basketball talk. <laughs> of course there was. But of course, I'm going to bring it back to country music and tell everyone what they can look forward to on today's podcast. Please do. It's another packed show. Dylan Scott is our center stage guest. He just released a new album called Living My Best Life that we're going to talk to him about. Also, can we talk to him about that gigantic truck <laughs> he had to park in our tiny parking lot? <laughs> For sure. I was watching it just wondering how he was going to wedge that thing in here. <laughs> we're also going to rediscover the music of Barbara Mandrell. In prepping for this segment, it was interesting to draw comparisons to the women making waves in country today. She really paved the way for somebody like Carrie Underwood and was able to find wide mainstream success. In addition to her two Grammys and shelf full of country awards, Barbara won seven American Music Awards and nine People's Choice Awards. She is truly the North Star for me. I love her and I cannot wait to dive into that Rediscover segment. All right, we got lots to get to, including this week's headlines, which we will check on when we find out what's cooking in Music City. Okay, so before we start, let's rewind to the season one finale of Country Heat Weekly. Remember when Luke Bryan told us this back in June? My 11-year-old started calling me at 6.05 this morning because he's freaking out about his birthday trip. And oh. In August. So he, okay. anyway. Well, the trip happened. <laughs> and apparently it was eventful. Luke and Caroline took Bo, Tate, and Till to Cedar Point Amusement Park in Sandusky, Ohio. Interesting choice. I wonder why they picked there. Well, Kelly, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Because Luke has a history with the park. Oh, okay, tell me. According to our friends at Country Now, 
that's the theme park where Luke filmed the music video for his song Roller Coaster back in 2014. Oh, that's really cool. Okay, so why did you say it was an eventful trip? Well, Luke got recognized a lot, obviously, Mm. and took pictures with fans who spotted him. But also, somehow, during the trip, Luke broke a finger and Caroline twisted her ankle. (laughs) Okay, that's kind of a (laughs) typical Tuesday in the Bryan household, really, if you follow them on Instagram. Right, right. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, what else? Oh, okay, I have a sports story, too. Ooh. Are you ready? Yes. Carrie Underwood is back for year number 10 doing the theme song for Sunday Night Football. I love being the voice of Sunday Night Football because I grew up watching football from birth. I mean, I'm from Oklahoma. We're we're a football state. There's an excitement to it that really, I mean, it's it's unlike anything else. So being a small part of that is absolutely amazing. 10 years. That's crazy. I saw her bedazzled rhinestone jersey they made for her. Mm. She needs to sell those at shows. Listen, I have a bedazzler. Anytime you want to add some sparkle to some Gators gear, you know, just let me know. And you know I bought one, too, because you told me you had one. I bought one. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I had to. We've it's got so t- we've got concert t-shirts. We've got a bedazzle. Okay, so we have a bunch <laughs> of news stories this week about country stars doing good. And we wanted to share them with all of you just because we love our country music family so much. I made notes. Me, too. You start. Okay. Kids went back to school this week in Middle Tennessee, so Cody Johnson's Clear the List campaign was perfectly timed. Basically, Cody's helping clear out all the wish list of teachers who have to buy school supplies out of their own pocket. That's crazy that it happens. I know. But teachers spend so much of their own money to make sure those kids have supplies. You can check the hashtag KojoClearTheList to learn more and help out. Also, if you know a teacher, ask them to send you a link to their Amazon wish list. Most teachers have them. I know a bunch of my friends have been doing it and it's super easy. I just hop on, you click the link mm-hmm. and it'll take you right to their list. They've been sharing them on social media and you can also share their list on social media and it really makes a difference. Absolutely. Okay, what else? Tyler Hubbard has signed on as an ambassador for Home for Good, which is a project that supports affordable housing developments. It's kind of a behind the scenes thing. This project provides building materials to Habitat for Humanity, which is an amazing organization that lots of our country stars have worked with over the years. According to the press release, Tyler will be donating time to the group as well as his name. I know that Garth and Trisha do a lot of work with Habitat. I mean, how much fun would it be to do a big country music build, like work next to the stars all day with hammers and saws, and then at the end of the build, you get an exclusive concert. Can we make this happen somehow? How do we do this? I love it. You need to pitch this idea. Okay. They would have a massive workforce to put up affordable housing. (laughs) They would. Which we need. Hey, Tyler, Garth, Trisha, give me a call. We'll work it all out. Another way to help make the world a better place is to buy some sandals from Kenny Chesney. Now, hear me out. Kenny has teamed up with the sandal brand to create a special edition No Shoes Reefs sandal. No Shoes Nation, of course, is what he calls his fans. So wait, he wants the No Shoes Nation to buy shoes. Well, yeah, but those shoes support science camps in the Florida Keys to teach young people about the ocean and marine life, including coral reefs. I love this cause. Little mixed messaging, maybe, but I do. I love this cause. It's That's awesome. Also, shout out to Emmylou Harris, who did a Facebook Live adoption event last weekend for her dog rescue, Bonaparte's Retreat. Oh, you know what? Her rescue specializes in less adoptable dogs like seniors or maybe those with some health problems. They nurse them back to health, train them, and then get them ready for their forever homes. See what you did there forever. I wonder if she knows that Dirk's named his dog after her. 
She does if she listened to last week's episode of Country Heat Weekly. <laughs> and we want to say congratulations to Shania Twain and Steve Warner, who are being inducted into the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame this coming fall. Oh, my gosh. About time on both counts. Absolutely. Hmm. Yes. Isn't it about time for Shania to go into the Country Music Hall of Fame? Yes. Moving on to the Heat Index, we are going to dig into the hottest country tracks this week on Amazon Music. You know we have to start with Bestie Breland's new song featuring Lady A called Told You I Could Drink. Cause you push me to the brink and I don't got no time to sit around and wait for you to make up your mind. This is from Breland's upcoming album, Cross Country, and it's gorgeous as you would expect when Lady A is on the track. But the timing of it seems kind of unfortunate. Yeah. So last week, the track was announced, and Charles Kelly made an Instagram post promoting it, saying, ironic, since I've quit drinking. And then a couple of days later, Lady A announced that they were postponing the request line tour until 2023 so that Charles could focus on his journey to sobriety. You know what? I'm very proud of them for making that choice. I know that's not easy. So we're sending all of our love to Charles, Cassie, and Ward, as well as the entire Lady A family. We love you, Charles. You've got this. Okay, Kelly, have you listened to the Miranda Lambert track, Strange? It has some interesting commentary on the times. Country don't twang, rock and roll ain't loud. Every elevator only ever goes down. It's such a song for a time that we're, that we're in right now, but it doesn't feel like you know, it won't matter in 10 years either. There's always something weird going on, you know? It seems like the world's always got a weird a weird spot that we, that we get to. And the fact that you're just like, all right, let's just have a smoke and have a drink and write a song and feel better about ourselves. It's a little quirky, but I really like it. I mean, I can understand that it's going to be quirky if Luke Dick is one of the writers. <laughs> Absolutely. And Natalie Hemby. Those three have some fun together. I just love when... You think a song is going a certain way, and then there's a twist to it. Mm -hmm. Or just a wordplay that kind of throws you for a loop. And I yeah. always get that when Luke Dick is the songwriter. Always. And I want everyone to spend some time with the Frank Ray song, Country Look Good on You. I want you to learn the lyrics so we can sing them together. country look good on you. Frank will be our guest next week on Country Heat Weekly. If you haven't figured it out, the podcast gets its name from the Country Heat playlist, which is where you're going to find the latest releases and hottest tracks from today's country stars, including Maren Morris, Luke Combs, and Kane Brown. Plus, we have rising stars like Bailey Zimmerman, Corey Kent, and Haley Witters. We're about to go to break, but first, we want you to listen to this quote from one of our country music friends. We're going to give you a minute to make your guess on who said that. I love this quote. Here it is. Thank God he put this in my head wanting to do music. Lord knows I wouldn't be a good doctor or a lawyer. Who said that? Keep listening and we'll tell you right here on Country Heat Weekly. What's up, y'all? It's Tyler Hubbard. I'm Carly Pierce. Zach from Zach Brown Band here. I'm Jason Aldean. More Country Heat Weekly is on the way. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. 
And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Okay, it's time to tell you who said that. Thank God he put this in my head on wanting to do music because I, I mean, Lord knows I wouldn't be a good doctor or lawyer or anything like that. Priscilla Priscilla Block. (laughs) This episode drops on her birthday. Happy birthday, girl. Happy birthday. now for the main event, our center stage interview with one of the stars of the Country Heat playlist. Dylan Scott is this week's cover star on the playlist. He just released his second album, Living My Best Life, but he's been signed to his record label for almost a decade. You probably remember his hits like Making This Boy Go Crazy, Hooked, and My Girl, which he wrote about his wife, Blair, who was his high school sweetheart. Making all the guys wishing you were with them, but I bet they don't see what I see when I see my Dylan spent 2021 on the road as direct support for Luke Bryan's Proud to Be Here tour. But this year, he's headlining his own trek, which we'll talk to him about along with the new album, which boasts a first-class group of songwriters and a duet with Jimmy Allen. Dylan Scott, welcome to Country Heat Weekly. Good to be here. Thank you. We are so happy to have you. You got new music to talk about. Yes. And listen, when you do anything, you do it big. You have 16 tracks. I know. It's been four years since we've released an album. So how do you consolidate, you know, all the good music? So 16 songs. Okay, and you wrote eight of the 16. Yes, about half of it. So take us into your songwriting process. Do you work better when you sit down and like dedicate time to write? Are ideas always flowing? Are you a notes app? Yeah, person? I'm kind of a notes app guy. So I'll I'll get inspiration here and I'll put them in my notes and then Finally, if I'm off the road and have time away from the babies and I can get away and go ride, I'm like, hey, guys, I've got some ideas. Let's go. And they, my, my people I write with, man, they like it that way. So yeah. it's cool. Okay, you brought up the babies. How's everybody at home? Yeah, everybody at home is good. My wife, she's still smoking hot. Uh, my kids are growing. <laughs> they're getting they're awesome. Their little personalities are coming out. So life at home is really good right now. When you pulled into our studio— I look out, (laughs) and here comes the big old truck. And I'm like, man, that is life imitating art, imitating life, because you've got the song New Truck on our Country Heat playlist right now. Yep. So was it that you bought the truck first and then wrote the song or vice versa? How did that work? All right. So I've had the truck for a while. Okay. New truck. We're talking about new truck here. And right. so in the music video, we're talking where I blew the truck up, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I've gotten some really, really ugly DMs in my inbox over yeah. this blowing the truck up thing. Oh, yeah. But things like, 
man, somebody somewhere else who's less unfortunate could sure use that truck and you just mm. blew it up. I'm like, whoa, tap the brakes here. Like, we did not blow the truck up. Okay, good. I drove it here today. <laughs> so what we did, we took it from a junkyard that looked kind of like mine, put it in front of a green screen. And so it's all, it's just, it's all fake. It's fake. Okay. Everybody, okay. it's fake. So, so we're on we the record. We did not blow it's the fake. truck up. Good. Truck is good. No trucks were harmed. Good, no good, truck. good. Well, the junkyard truck. Okay. But it was already harmed, so. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It wasn't going anywhere anyway. No, it wasn't. <laughs> so the new truck was sent to me. Hardy, Hunter Phelps, Ben Johnson, Ashley Gorley. Sent over, and I immediately fell in love with it. It's an up-tempo breakup song. And I've been with my wife since I was 15, so. But we did break up for a month or two. And uh, I know, right? It was my fault. All my fault. But um, yeah, I learned that. I learned that too. Everything's my fault. It's okay. It's okay. And it was tough, like hopping in the truck. And, you know, when you're a kid, that truck means a lot to you, you know, it's what you do. And so the memories in it and, you know, I had to take her picture out of the dashboard and stuff like that. Like It was tough. Like I needed a new truck. I felt that. So when they sent this to me and I was listening to it, I was like, man, I feel that. I've been there. And I feel like a lot of people have. Now, I heard this great story that you were on the Opry stage. Yes. And you were talking about New Truck. And there's also a song that we have on our playlist that's yeah. 7500 OBO from a little artist named Tim McGraw. You heard mm-hmm. of that one, Amber? Uh-huh. Yeah. I've heard of that one. It's about a used truck that's for sale. Right. So what was <laughs> what was it that you said on the Opry stage? So I told, the, I told everyone at the Opry, I was like, man, I heard 7500 OBO today, so I called up Tim, and I, I, messed, I messed with him pretty good. Um, I called up Tim. I was like, Tim, I'm playing the Opry tonight, and I need a new truck, and you've got one. So he decided he was coming to the Opry tonight. Everybody, welcome Tim McGraw, and they went crazy. Right? Oh, my oh, gosh. Tim McGraw was not really there. <laughs> but, I, hey, I got their attention. Yeah. They they screamed a little louder for Tim than they did me, and I said, that's kind of rude, you know? But, <laughs> no, it's kind of crazy, too, Louisiana. I'm from Louisiana. Tim's right. from Louisiana. We both have a song right now. He's selling one, and I need a new one, so... <laughs> Pretty wild. And you were like, look, 7,500, 6,000, best 6, 000, offer. That's, that's the best offer that's going to hire. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get the audience back? Were you like, just kidding? He's like, yeah. Yeah, I said, just kidding, messing with y'all. And they were, just, they were like, oh, what? You know, like, uh-huh. I was like, oh, you're, you're, stuck with, you're stuck with my song, New Truck. So people were probably it. already texting people. Yeah, like, they God, secretly love it. <laughs> so you guys are buddies. Tim? Yeah. I've never met him. <gasps> never met him. Ain't that crazy? Seriously? I've never met Tim McGraw. But you were from, like, very close. You grew very up close, yeah. well, where he grew up and oh where I grew gosh. up. So, Okay, well, please welcome Tim McGraw. Let's go! Oh, <laughs> Tim McGraw's not here, everyone. We're Can sorry. Can you imagine? That would have been so <laughs> that great. Been great. On the door. That would have been, been the best podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan would have been like, oh, my uh, gosh. Well, we need, good, we need to, good. like, help facilitate this somehow. I know, For right? Sure. Right. We definitely want to talk to you about the album and everybody that's on it because you look at the credits and it's like, like you said, you've got F.G. Allen Hardy and Thomas Wright and Mitchell Timpenny and, I mean, Jimmy Allen is on one of the songs with you. Like, it's a huge who's who of the country music community. And that yeah. really speaks to you because that just shows the relationships that you've developed over the time that you've been here. Yeah, well, I've been in town for 11, going on 12 years now, and I have um, developed some great relationships with these guys and their buddies. And it just, honestly, it shows just how talented they are 
are. I mean, I did, I did not move to this town to be a songwriter. I moved to this town to be an entertainer and a performer and, and, and sing, and I've learned to love songwriting, but it, it goes to show, like, just how great those guys really are. Yeah. Did anybody, does anybody slide straight to you? Like, they bypass the whole system, and they're like, hey. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I like it that way. It's oh, like, you? hey. Okay. Hey, y'all hear something. Man. Send it to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you've fallen in love with songwriting— are you to the point now that you're writing songs and you're just pitching to other artists? No, I haven't really done that yet. I, if I write something great, I usually hold on to it for myself. <laughs> I was going to say, are you, are you yeah, keeping them and for I'm not really writing anything that doesn't relate to me and to somebody. But, you know, I don't write as much as some of these guys write. You know, mm-hmm. I think Tyler Hubbard writes oh, so much. So and, much. I mean, I wish I could. Can you tell us about how the collaboration with Jimmy came about? We yeah. love Jimmy. Jimmy's yeah. such a talent. The song is called In My Blood. Yeah. Talk to us about that song. So Jimmy and I have been friends for a long time. We've talked about working on stuff together. And so when In Our Blood was pitched to me, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the lyrics of it and what it was all about. It's just what I stand for, the way I was raised. I said, man, I got to send this to Jimmy. And so I sent it to him. And he was doing Dancing with the Stars at the time. I was like, there's no way. He's so busy. He's not going to get back. And like immediately was like, dude, I love this song. I was like, well, you want to hop on it? And he said, absolutely. Like it was that easy, you know, with with our relationship we have. But such a great guy. And he he knocked it out of the park. And it's just a, it's a special, special song. No, there ain't nobody taking that away from me. Okay, so your wife, Blair, is an inspiration for your music. What's her favorite song on this album? You know what? That's a great question. I've never just asked her, what's your favorite song? So this is what I do with her. Please welcome Blair. Please welcome Blair. <laughs> Everybody, yeah. She'll take the spotlight real quick. She, uh, she's got a great ear, uh-huh. right? And she'll be the first to tell me if I write something or go record something. She's like, yeah, that sucks. That's oh. bad. Oh, she'll tell me straight up. Oh. She does not give me any slack. I like her already. I do too. Mm-hmm. I do too. You know, that's what I need sometimes. I don't need somebody sugarcoating it. She'll tell me I don't like it. So she likes everything on this album because she approved them all. I got them approved by her, but I don't know what her favorite song is. That's a great question. I've never really asked. Well, when you ask her, you let us know. Nor have I ever caught her just listening to my music in the car. And now that I think Uh about it, you may have just started Uh something. Blair, we're sorry. Yeah. Good job. (laughs) You're 7,500 OBO when you get in the car. You're going to be like, wait a minute. Yeah. This is the wrong truck song to be we've listening got, to. We've she, got does, she does like that song. She told me. She has never <laughs> told me she loves new truck. <laughs> Welcome to Country Heat Therapy Hour. We're glad you're joining us. Yeah. You're hitting the road in September. The Amen to That Tour. Amen to That Tour. Can you give us a preview? What are we? What are we going to expect it's just going to be wild. We have a pretty wild live show. I'm excited to bring. I'm bringing out Lily Rose and Aaron oh, Kinsey. We love her. And you know what's crazy? So I did, a, I did a headline tour earlier this year, Living My Best Life, brought out Dylan Marlowe. And then my first headline tour I did before COVID, I brought out Seth Innes. So this is the first tour I'm doing to bring out some females. Mm-hmm. So I hate to say that, but that's awesome. I'm excited to finally bring out some females, you know? So I'm excited to see Lily and Aaron. I mean, they're both super talented and uh, I love watching the opener show. Like, that's one of my things to do is go out and watch their show. So I'm excited to see both of them. It's so, going to be it's gonna be good. My question is, what did you learn when you were in that slot watching, you know, the way that you got treated that you now make sure that you instill for anybody that's in the opening yeah, slots for I mean, you? I'm still in opening slots, you know. But um, you know what? This is what I tell my guys because we have been— 
literally nobody uh, at the bottom of the totem pole, you know. And I've told my guys, I said, hey, if we ever get in a spot where we're a headliner or it's our show, we're going to treat the guys that are opening or whoever it is like they're the headliner, you know, because there's been times, and it's not an it's not an artist. It's just a it's just people in general. You get treated a certain way when you're at the bottom, you know, and we remember that. So it's there's no point in being treated that way. So I just uh, I just like to treat everybody like, hey, they're the headliner. They're doing That's it. Awesome. They won't forget that. So album is out. Things are underway. What are you most looking forward to right now? I mean, it's it's exciting when you have so many new projects and new things happening and a tour coming up. What's the most exciting thing for you? Right now, just, I mean, the music, we continue to put the music out like we are and, and, and just build it. I love watching this thing build. You know, we've literally gone from nobody, 12, 15 people a night to 50 to 100 to 500 to thousands. We're just watching it grow. And I just want to continue doing that, you know, maybe get to arenas. That's the goal, get to arenas, play arenas, but just keep putting music out and keep building the fan base. Well, this is like our, we speak it into existence in this room. Oh, absolutely. Everything that we've really said here somehow has come true. So whatever you want to have happen, like say it out loud. You should see the lock screen on my cell phone. It's like a list of exactly what I want in life. So you got to put it out there. That's a great idea. Put it out there. Wow, that is a great idea. So every time you open your phone, you see it. I got Play Arenas as one of them on there. So What else is on there? Oh, all kind of stuff. Uh, You want to read it? Yes, bring it out. This is cool. All right. Ooh, own a beautiful farm. I want a beautiful farm really bad. Headline arenas. Um, I'm gonna build a coffee shop. What? I'm gonna build a coffee shop with my little brother. I'm gonna do that. And then I just got stuff that just says stay positive, live happy, spend time with my wife and my kids. So Aww. just reminders of what I want in life. Oh my gosh. You have so you have this entrepreneurial spirit about you. A little bit. I want a residential trash company back in Louisiana. That happened during COVID by accident with a buddy of mine. He was complaining about his residential garbage pickup. And I said, do something about it. Start a company. He's like, man, I don't know. And so we went and bought a, a trailer. And it started from a trailer. And now we have three garbage trucks and 3,500 houses and doing the deal. So I love that so much. I might do that. I'm stealing that idea. The lock screen <laughs> idea. It. Oh, I thought you meant the trash oh. idea. <laughs> 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 I was like, go for it, Start, surprise, I'm starting a trash company. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, the new album's out. Good things are happening. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on Country. Thank Thanks for coming. I, I appreciate it. That's Thank awesome. <laughs> this episode, we are going to rediscover the music of a woman who was blurring the genre lines in music before Maren Morris and Kelsey Ballerini were even born. Barbara Mandrell is known to us as a country music legend, although her songs contain a lot of elements of R&B, pop, soul, and gospel. But it was her NBC TV show, Barbara Mandrell and the Mandrell Sisters, that made her a household name in the early 80s. Television was a huge part of her career before, during, and after she made it big in Nashville. She's also a skilled musician, playing steel guitar, dobro, saxophone, mandolin, guitar, banjo, and accordion. (laughs) Quite a variety, right? (laughs) We've got a lot to unpack as we rediscover the career of country music Hall of Famer and Grammy winner Barbara Mandrell, who recently celebrated 50 years as a member of the Grand Ole Opry. 
Barbara was considered a musical prodigy. Her nickname was the Princess of Steel because she was incredibly skilled at the steel guitar by the time she was 11 years old. For a while, she was the only girl musician she knew. In 1970, the Academy of Country Music named her the most promising female vocalist, but it would still be a couple more years before she would have a top five hit. Fun fact, her 1973 breakthrough hit, The Midnight Oil, was actually written for George Jones. Barbara took a risk and changed the lyrics to talk about cheating from a woman's perspective. She was about 25 at this point, but she sings with such maturity. That calls from the office, and I guess I'll have to burn the midnight oil again. And so began her run of chart success with cheating songs. <laughs> Up next was her cover of R&B singer Denise LaSalle's song, Married But Not To Each Other. Yep. And then there was Woman To Woman. And of course, the one about a woman carrying on with a man who is married with children. Oh my. I feel like there are millions of people using a version of that catchphrase on TikTok that have no idea that it originated in a country song. <laughs> but you know, all these cheating songs would make you think she's had a pretty difficult love life, but her and her husband are still going strong. I saw him sitting with her in the pews at the Opry House when she celebrated her 50-year anniversary of Opry membership just a couple weeks ago. The funny thing is that Barbara is really strong in her faith, and she's very family-oriented. So one time when it was pointed out to her that she had done a lot of cheating songs, she said, God loves prostitutes too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, she's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'd never know she was happily married by her music. <laughs> in 1978, she released Sleeping Single in a Double Bed as her first single off the album, Moods. Sleeping single in a double bed. Tossing, turning, If you're not singing that right now, <laughs> I implore you, please listen to this song all the way through. You will sing it for the rest of the day. I, it's one of my favorites. Barbara had great comedic timing, which she got to show off on a variety show, which often featured skits with her sisters. And that crept into her music with the catchy song, Crackers. You can eat crackers in my bed anytime, baby. You can kick off all the I'm not here to judge, but if I was with someone who was always eating crackers in bed, I might start an argument too. Deal breaker. Barbara was at her peak at this point. That's the early 80s. She's on TV every week. She's on the road, on the radio. And she was helping make country music even more mainstream. Because clearly, she was already country back when country wasn't cool. Yeah, I know that line. <laughs> Our younger listeners might recognize it from Thomas Rhett's hit, What's Your Country Song? Well, T.R. borrowed the line from her signature song, I Was Country, when country wasn't cool. She released that in 1981 as the lead single from her album, Barbara Mandrell Live. I remember circling the drive-in, pulling up and turning down George Jones. I remember when no one was looking, I was putting peanuts in my coat. The ironic part is it wasn't recorded live at all. It was a studio session that they just added an applause track to. 
<laughs> Which, if you listen, you can totally tell. Right. But anyway, the song was written by Kyle Fleming and Dennis Morgan after listening to Barbara tell stories about being made fun of back in junior high school because of her love of country music. Well, she showed them, didn't she? Those bullies must have felt pretty silly when the song earned her a number one spot on the charts and helped get her live album certified gold by the RIAA. It also helped her win both ACM and CMA Entertainer of the Year that year. Yeah, and in addition to becoming one of the few females to win that coveted prize, Barbara was the first person, not just woman, the first person to receive the CMA Entertainer of the Year Award two years in a row. Unfortunately, the toll of being a workaholic was showing up in her voice. In 1982, Barbara suffered from vocal strain and was forced to quit her NBC variety show, Doctor's Orders. Hmm. Then, two years later, she was in a tragic car accident that left her severely injured. We're talking broken bones and a severe concussion. It took 18 months of recovery for her to be able to return to performing. And in the downtime, she wrote her best-selling autobiography called Get to the Heart, My Story. I know we're running out of time, but we have to talk about her 1985 song, There's No Love in Tennessee, which shouts out so many great things about our state, including the Opry, Jack Daniels, Beale Street, and Lookout Mountain. Barbara continued to release music and tour for another decade. But in 1997, she retired with a final show at the Grand Ole Opry House. Her last performance was broadcast as a TV special called The Last Dance. In 2006, a tribute album called She Was Country When Country Wasn't Cool featured remakes from modern performers like Leanne Rimes, Sarah Evans, and a duet of her signature song from Kenny Chesney and Reba. In 2009, she was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame and the Steel Guitar Hall of Fame. Then she was inducted into the Musicians Hall of Fame in 2014. The Barbara Mandrell rabbit hole is long and deep. I mean, she had a museum on Music Row at one point. And her custom-built log cabin home is now a tourist attraction and a concert venue outside of Nashville called Fontanelle. I wish we had time to rediscover even more of her music. We didn't even get to touch on her gospel recordings. Cece Winans covered one on that tribute project and sang for her opera anniversary. Search out Barbara Mandrell on Amazon Music to discover more. It's time for us to go, but while you're hanging out on your favorite podcast app with us, make sure you're following Country Heat Weekly. And if you like what you heard, give us a five-star review. Next week, we're going to catch up with Amazon Music artist to watch, Frank Gray. I haven't seen him since the CRS show we did. He's amazing. He's got such a great story. A native of New Mexico and of Hispanic descent, he often sings in both English and Spanish. And for 10 years, he was a police officer playing music on the weekends. Oh, I bet he's got great stories to tell. He really does. We are looking forward to having him in. And in the weeks to come, we're going to be talking to Ingrid Andress, Kane Brown, and one we're not allowed to announce yet that I am really excited about. So follow the show and you'll be the first to know. If something's burning, follow the smoke, right? For this week's burning questions, we are turning it over to Amber backstage at the Windy City Smokeout. 
asking Mackenzie Porter, Jordan Davis, and Lily Rose the hard questions. Are you dry rub or all the sauce? Oh my gosh. I think I'm going to go all the sauce. But like a light version of it, but like saucy. Dry rub. That's my answer too, yes. Oh, sauce always. I love a good sauce. Are you going Chicago dog or deep dish pizza? Deep dish. Lumanati's deep dish pizza. That's like that's like our go-to here in Chicago. So, yeah, deep dish. Chicago dog. It's one of its top three favorite meals. My aunt, my aunt Wendy. Shout out to Wendy. Makes the best Chicago dog. It's what I asked for for my birthday when we're down in Panama City at her house. Chicago dog, baby. Country Heat Weekly is a production of Amazon Music and Wondery. Executive producer is Melissa Locker for Nevermind Media. Senior producer is Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Gracie Hayes. Sound design by Tim Einenkel. Production assistance from Debbie Daughtry, Annie Reuter, Madeline O'Connell, and Jeremy Chua. Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne. The team for Amazon Music and Wondery includes Nathan Brackett, Michelle Kammerer, Emily Feld, Callum Plews, Emily Belote, and Jenny Tay. The executive producers for Wondery are Dave Easton and Marshall Louie. Critical production support from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Jake, Osmo, Abby, and all the other very good dogs out there. Find and follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts so you get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop. Alex Ryder is back. Hello, Alex. You have a lot of work to do. To face his greatest challenge yet. We have an active threat. They can wipe out an entire city. People are going to die. Now he's running out of time. We have three days to find and destroy. He doesn't know who he can trust. You're not your enemies. You never have been. Everything I've been told has been lies. And our future is in his hands. The truth can be complicated. On April 5th. This weapon is capable of inflicting 100,000 deaths in a heartbeat. The danger is everywhere. Scorpio are no longer hiding in the shadows. The battle threatens everyone. It's personal. It's revenge. It's kill or be killed. That's when you find out what you're really capable of. And his choice could change everything. I'm sick of being manipulated to do what everyone else wants. Tell him the truth, all of it. The world isn't black and white. All we really have are the people we trust. Alex Ryder, season three, streaming free April 5th. Stream seasons one and two free now.